Hello and welcome to Time Personified. Um, if this is your first time listening, my name is Francesca Mamlin. I am an astrologer and I host this podcast. And if this is not your first time listening, um, welcome back. And I mean, like, I'm back. <laughs> I took a bit of a break from the podcast. I took a few months off and I'm really thrilled to be returning and making another episode. Uh, the reason I took a break from the show was because I had a lot of unexpected developments, events in my life towards the end of 2020, and maybe there will be a time when I'll go more in depth in the podcast on like my experience of the end of 2020 and um, some of the things that I went through, I guess I'm still kind of processing all of it. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I decided to leave Cambodia after living there for basic, pretty much a, a year. I spent um, just shy of a year over there and I've returned to Ohio, which is the place that I was raised um, and I've been here so long. It feels like I was born here because I moved here. We moved here when I was a very young kid, so I've, oh, I've lived in Ohio my whole life and now I am back. Um, and the other thing that um, you might know happened in my life is that I was fostering puppies while I was in Cambodia and I brought the puppies to the United States, uh, which was one of the most logistically challenging and emotionally challenging and spiritually challenging things I have ever done. Uh, if you ever need to bring a pet overseas with you, um, <laughs> don't. No, I mean only if you really have to. It, it was it was very challenging, um, but the puppies, um, it, it was all worth it because the puppies are now happy and they are in loving homes. I was able to adopt them out to people who I knew were going to love and take care of them for their entire lives and all of it, the whole journey was worth it. Now here I am, returning to my work, returning to focusing on myself um, outside of a puppy caregiver slash transporter and I'm deciding what my next step really is in my life and I'm feeling the need to make some really major changes and shifts in my lifestyle. I'm meditating on what those changes are going to look like and the kind of life that I'm going to build moving forward for myself. Um, and because I'm in this energy right now of starting a new chapter in my life and looking ahead, I'm thrilled to be seeing spring emerging. And we had a really, 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 really cold, dark winter in Ohio. And I came back to the US in January. So I definitely got to experience the bitter winter that um, kind of the most of the US actually, like, I mean, even Texas was like frozen over. Um, and I'm just seeing, I'm just so thrilled to be seeing the first signs of spring because spring is a time where we plant seeds. And I mean, literally, like um, we literally plant seeds in spring. We plant seeds in the earth if we happen to be gardeners or farmers or, or whatever. Um, but it's also when we plant metaphorical seeds, when we are in the energy of initiating new things. And then we spend the rest of the year nurturing the things that we plant in the springtime. This is how I follow astrology. I practice uh, tropical astrology, which means that my astrology practice is deeply rooted in the movement of the seasons. Um, and I'm from the Northern Hemisphere, so my astrology practice focuses on the seasons in the Northern Hemisphere, because of course in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, winter is beginning, um, or fall is beginning, sorry, um, autumn. And yeah, so astrology was created by 
agricultural societies. And when we contemplate the themes of astrology, these themes were are based on how people living in agricultural societies and farmers um, lived their lives. And if you go back a few centuries in history, like you're looking at 90% of the population basically being farmers. So um, the reason astrology is so prevalent in like ancient Greece and Mesopotamia is because people were farmers and people lived off of the earth. Um, so yeah, I digress. So I'm looking forward to observing the spring equinox when it comes in a couple of weeks and really tapping into that energy of spring to sort of initiate the next chapter of my life. And I feel like collectively we're all kind of in that energy because of what a challenging and painful year 2020 was. And I'm feeling like spring of 2021, the vaccine is being distributed. We're looking forward to a potential return to aspects of life that we used to know. And I think a lot of people are um, contemplating how they're going to move forward from their life from here. And this episode is going to be released on March 13th, which on this day there is a new moon in Pisces. And I'm using this new moon as a time to really dream and visualize my future. Um, I don't mean that in like a prophetic fortune telling way, I mean that in like a daydreaming kind of way. Um, I'm also using this new moon as a time to really deeply heal myself and process my experience of 2020 and process some of the more difficult things I've been through recently because I want to bring a refreshed and renewed version of myself into the beginning of Aries season in a couple of weeks, or in one week actually, um, and into the springtime. Uh, Pisces is a time of transitioning, and as an Aquarius and as like a forward thinker, a lot of times when I'm in the mutable seasons, uh, which is Pisces, Gemini, Virgo, and Sagittarius, I often find myself kind of looking ahead to whatever I'm ready to initiate in the next season. Because the mutable signs are a transition into a new season. So that's kind of what the energy we're in being in Pisces season. And to sort of support you as you contemplate this new moon, I'm releasing this podcast episode where I'm going to be interviewing Heather Sanderson. So Time Personified is a space where I use astrological themes as kind of a template to start conversations. So I like to have people on the show from all different professions, all different lifestyles, all different belief systems, all different backgrounds to discuss the themes of a given astrological moment. So contemplating the new moon in Pisces, I thought it would be a really great time to talk to Heather because she is a plant medicine practitioner. And plant medicine connects us to the Pisces energy of dreaming and imagination as well as the polarity of Pisces, which is Virgo, and Virgo is the earth, um, and it's very practical. And so a little bit more about Heather. Heather has been working with plant spirits her whole life. In 2013, she studied herbal medicine at Third Root in Brooklyn, New York, which led her to a three-year apprenticeship in sacred plant medicine with Carol Guyette in Country Clare, Ireland. In 2019, she started writing with the plants to bring more of their spiritual and practical magic and medicine into the physical world and has a passion to help others understand how to connect with the plants and their own intuition. As a writer and healer, she works deeply in the sacred feminine and with invisible wounds. So Heather and I had such a beautiful conversation about her work in plant medicine and the books that she has recently written with in collaboration with the plant spirits and my goal for this episode is to make plant medicine seem accessible to you the person who is listening because 
the experience that I'm coming from with plant medicine is that I have felt an aversion to it in the past because I associate plant medicine with psychedelics and personally, I don't think there, there's anything wrong with psychedelics, um, but from a very personal perspective, I do not feel comfortable with psychedelics. I don't want to take psychedelics. Um, and it really just it really just comes down to my own comfort level and what I want to do. They're not the path for me. Um, but Heather has shown me through her work and also through this interview that plant medicine doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be in the jungles of South America with a shaman taking ayahuasca. If it is for you, then then you know more power to you. That's great if it's something that that fills you and makes you happy and makes you feel if that works for you um plant medicine is any relationship that you cultivate with a plant and that relationship can take any form that you want so i've been able to use heather's work myself to connect with a couple of different plant allies particularly the oak tree um, that was the one that really initially jumped out at me and spoke to me and in the interview i share um, a few thoughts, experiences that I had with, um, you know, Heather's work with the oak tree, reading her book about the oak tree. Um, and Heather shared with me that she also has a book coming out soon about the apple tree. Um, and I think that might be the next plant ally that I explore because um, there's some interesting stuff that comes up in the interview about apples um, that even after recording the interview, I continued to think about the apple tree. So I'm excited to go deeper into that very soon. Um, so I hope as you listen to the interview, you're able to find the inspiration that I experienced um, and that you're inspired to connect with a plant ally um, and potentially connect with a plant ally during this new moon because this is a beautiful dreamy healing new moon in pisces and you'll be able to connect with heather's work and the books that she's written um, and the resources that she has to offer by looking at the links in the show notes the show notes are on my website or they are on whatever platform you happen to be listening on right now and yeah my hope for you is that this interview inspires you and helps you um, take the next step in your life journey and in your healing journey because it definitely achieved that I was able to achieve that myself um, through connecting with Heather so I'm going to send you on to listen to the interview and I'll see you on the other side welcome to the show I'm so excited to have you um, after we had a previous conversation about your work and I've just been so excited to like sit down and and really just kind of get into the stuff that you do. Let's get I'm started. excited too. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and how you got into your work with plant medicine? Even as a kid, I felt very connected to the plants and being outside and I was barely inside when I was a child um, and I would make like potions with petals and mud and like all these things in a bottle with a stick and that was like my magic and what I maybe knew then or didn't know is that was my vision of my, who I am and my future self because um, what I from that, eventually I started seeing like myself as a, a woman like in the woods with plants hanging down from the rafters all tied up. And these like visions would come to me, but I never saw that around me in real life. So I kind of decided that wasn't something you could be or do. And I put it aside. Fast forward many, many, many years. I started on a path of healing um, and took a yoga teacher training combined with a healer training and the healer word like called me I was like what what is that word like I didn't even understand what it meant I just knew I needed to follow it so I did and the yoga teacher part is like I'm never gonna teach nope that is not my intention even though that's what I do like and love it now 
Um, and in that training, there was this woman who I started talking about plants with, and she was like, you know, you can study the plants. Like there's like herbal medicine, right? You know that. I was like, no, I don't know that. What is that? And so she told me about this place in Brooklyn where I was living uh, called Third Root. And I signed up for an herbal training and it took a few years to get in. And when I finally got in, I was like, this is what I mean. Like learning about the properties that the plants have to help with our wellness, healing, wholeness, and just connecting with them in some way. And that's what I had been striving for and searching for my whole life. And that was my first point of arriving at finding it. That is so beautiful. And I love what kind of stands out about your journey is just how it has been so rooted in like following your intuition and that you kind of found your way back to who you were at the beginning of your life. Cause I've heard, I've heard it said that if you're looking for your purpose, you should go back to what really lit you up as a child. And mm. you went on this whole beautiful journey and then you just came right back to the beginning. And I absolutely love that. Um, and I'm just curious, uh, and we've you've also answered this question before, but I don't remember what the answer was. Um, okay. What is your astrology? Like what's your big three sun, moon, rising? Uh, I was born in September, so I'm a Virgo. Uh, Cancer rising, Sagittarius moon. I love it. Um, I just really felt like the Virgo Pisces polarity, both in like the work that you do dreaming with the plants, Pisces is dreaming and Virgo is like the plants in nature. Um, but I also felt that polarity kind of in your journey, your life's journey, because you were having these like visions as a child and you didn't really, you didn't know what steps were going to be taken to achieve those visions, but um you were able to connect the Pisces dream and the Virgo practicality and like make that a reality. And that's beautiful. And this episode is going to be released on the new moon in Pisces. So you're such a beautiful example of that polarity, how you lived it in your life and how others might um, be able to live that polarity in their own life. So oh, thank, thank you so you. much for sharing your journey with us. Yeah. I love that insight that resonates I was like, yes, you are spot on. That makes so much sense. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, and what really drew me to your work and why I'm really excited to have found your work is that um, I've, as an astrologer, I really strive to kind of keep that relationship with nature um, in my own life and kind of um, the people that I'm, uh, that are my astrology clients that I'm mentoring and counseling, like, um, encouraging them to keep that relationship up too. Um, but I have struggled with the idea of plant medicine myself because I fall, I have a bunch of misconceptions and I think of it as like, oh, you go to South America and you like take ayahuasca. And I personally um, don't resonate with the idea of like altering my consciousness and taking drugs. And I'm, I know that there's a lot of people who share my views, a lot of people that don't, um, but I was really drawn to your work because of how accessible you make it. So I would love to um, hear you discuss um, and address some of the common misconceptions about plant medicine and sort of break down those, those myths that, that might be blocking people like me. Sure, I'm happy to. And feel free, of course, to jump in if you're like, wait, what? What, are you yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> um, I, I agree with you. I find there's a lot of this belief that you need to gravitate towards ceremony with plants like ayahuasca or uh, it's kind of like those plants have found a way to attract people to them which is great and they're not the only way to enter into this world the way I have been taught and the way I see it is every single plant every single tree that you come into contact with is there that for you to connect with in some way. And that could be just, you know, I mean, just with air quotes, like this isn't a just because it's actually very powerful to go and sit beside a tree, feel its energy. That's connecting, that is plant medicine. That is connecting in more ways than you might even be aware. When, for me, when I start to then 
learn how to tune into that energy or the spirit of the plant or the tree, now I can have a conversation. I don't even need to ingest the plant. I don't need to go further than that. You can, you don't have to. It's like entering into a dream or if you wanna call it like active imagination or play even, there's so many ways you can think of it. And it's talking to like a dandelion, which grows prolifically all over the world. And I receive more than enough information from a dandelion that I, I've never done ayahuasca either. I can't even imagine how much that would uh, impact me. I don't even know how, because to me that's very intense and that's not what I need. Other people might, I don't. Dandelion and I can have this conversation or I could receive information from her. I call them all her because of like mother earth or grandmother earth, but it's not meant to be like a gender thing. It's like receiving messages or information or visions or tidbits of uh, asking a question and then asking back to Dandelion, like, what can I do for you? Is there anything that you need? because you are a living being and you can't move anywhere. You're stuck to this place until you have seeds and blow all over the world. But what can help you with? And so it becomes this reciprocal exchange of energy on many levels. And it can be in the like consciousness realm. So you're connecting with the energy or the, I don't think of them as like thoughts of the dandelion. And you're connecting maybe with the physical tangible plant by touching you can also start to make medicine. So making teas, making tinctures, making all of those things, ingesting the plant and or going on a ceremony, which is similar to the structure of like an ayahuasca ceremony held in a space with dandelion. So I've fasted with dandelion for like three days in a ceremony and received all sorts of information. So that seems a bit, I feel like I went a bit abstract, but like those are the big sort of high-level components. Does that make kind of sense? Yeah, absolutely. And kind of what I take away from it is like, there is, there's a million different practices and a million different ways to work with a bunch of different plants. So some people might feel called to something a little bit more intense like ayahuasca. And that really like, for people like me or you that um, you have a cancer rising. I have a lot of water in my chart. Um, that might kind of, and I don't mean to make this like a water sign thing, but like it might shock your system if you already are very open and very empathetic. Um, whereas some people might be able to handle that and that might actually serve their energy. Whereas some people, it's more like go outside and and talk to a dandelion. I actually had someone on the podcast who said as a kid, they would like sit on a, a tree trunk or like a, a, a tree stump and like talk to plants um, because they already recognized all of the life and all of the information that was out there. Um, and a, that person might not need like an ayahuasca ceremony to like open their third eye because they already have that connection established. And I'm not trying to make this like, this, these people are good, these people are bad. It's just people are at different points in their journey. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and to me, it's this innate ability we all have to communicate with plants. It's like an exchange of energy. For many, many people, it has become something that we don't access or it's been shut down for so many reasons. And so a lot of my work is helping people start to learn how that it's safe and how to connect with the plants around you because it is natural and you don't need to take anything that's hallucinogenic or mind altering in any way. It's very accessible. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that- And intuitive. Yeah, and intuitive. Um, and the other thing that kind of stands out um, and I kind of like feel your Virgo in this as you talk about, it's like an energetic exchange. I was reading your book about the oak tree and you, <laughs> you talked about how the oak tree <coughs> guided you to clean up some of the trash around her trunk. And that kind of like, that's another thing that I think is really important to recognize about plant medicine is that it is this reciprocal exchange um, and I see your Virgo reflected in that because Virgo is the servant um, 
and the Virgo like takes care of and mm. tends to um, the people around and the beings around. So I really love that part of plant medicine as well, or your plant medicine is that the plant is taking care of you and then you're also taking care of the plant. Because ultimately I think what we're striving for is like um, as healers um, and as a astrologer, a plant medicine practitioner, um, is kind of like reestablishing that symbiotic relationship that humans naturally have with the earth. It's not about just taking capitalism conditioned us like, oh, you just take everything's a resource. Um, but these other spiritual indigenous practices are like, no, it's actually a reciprocal relationship. Um, so that's a really important component I've seen that I saw reflected in your explanation just now and in the work that you do in your books. Yes, absolutely. That you've got it spot on from how I understand it. And uh, it is about reintroducing balance and understanding this ecosystem that we're a part of because we are also nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like, I love this. Um, and I just want to plug really quick. We'll kind of revisit this later too. Like Heather has this whole series of books and they're sh very short reads, very simple short reads. And each one is on a different plant. So I can imagine as the listener, you're like, wow, this sounds really interesting, but like, oh my God, like, where do I even start? And we'll even talk a little bit more about where you can get started with this and how you can sort of take the first steps. But um, I definitely encourage you to check out um, the books that Heather has written and maybe choose a plant that really calls to you. I chose the oak tree personally um, and get the book and kind of start to explore that. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, like you kind of have to start by choosing a, a individual plant probably and then like kind of going with that. Um, so yeah, we'll dive a little bit more into like how someone can take the first steps. But first, I sort of want to step back and, and see if you have like what is your definition of plant medicine? Like we've kind of thrown a lot of ideas out there, but like if you were to sort of define what plant medicine is, um, yeah, what would your answer be to that? It's a fun question because to me, I'm one of those people who gives like six answers to the same question. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to try to not do that, but it's because it can be defined differently for each person. So I have trouble saying just categorically, this is plant medicine. This is what you must do. For me, that's helping me find my definition. For me, it is learning how to trust your intuition to connect with a plant in some way, whatever that way may be. And there are many, many, many ways. It could be dancing with a plant. It could be drawing the plant. It could be singing with a plant. It could like, they're often my, it's often artistic in my view. It's like a way to heal creativity as well as working with a plant. And the sacred part of working with these beings does often end up connecting to ceremony in some way or a co-creation with the plant, but it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ritual is such a natural human thing to sort of gravitate towards. We practice ritual every single day. So it kind of makes sense that if you're really intuitively thinking about how to work with plants, you're going to naturally sort of move towards ritual or ceremony because that's how we process things. Yeah, and process things that are not necessarily tangible or visible or things that you might consider as being spirit or coming from some other place or on another plane. So this is where it gets into that dream or other states of consciousness where, again, I don't believe you need anything to trigger those other states. Sitting with a plant and deeply listening helps access those places. Yeah, what I love about your definition of plant medicine is that it kind of takes the gatekeepers out of it. like you know, it's not like, oh, you have to like go and find a shaman, which again, I'm not trying to like bash that, but it's really about the relationship between the individual and the plant spirit. And you don't really need anybody 
to unlock that for you. You can unlock it within yourself. So I love that like, the first thing you said is like a person and their intuition and the plant. That's what plant medicine is. Um, and I love that. And so that being said, um, if what are the first steps that someone can take if they're interested in exploring plant medicine? One of the first things you can do is start to pay attention or look at the plants that grow naturally around you, wherever you are. And that might be your backyard if you have one. It could be the crack in the sidewalk outside of your apartment. It, there's going to be some sign of the plant world or kingdom somewhere that maybe you pay attention to, maybe you don't. So my first invitation is to notice. Once you've noticed, then you might start to sit with the plant, say hi every day maybe, and start to cultivate a relationship. I like what you said about one, like choosing a plant, one plant to start with. Um, yes, and that's true even in herbal medicine. So learning by having, I'm jumping around a bit, but an infusion of one plant for like a month. So you really get to know that plant is one of the practices in herbal medicine. If it's a plant in your backyard or near you, you can maybe draw the plant, sit down, just start to get to know this being, like look at how it's constructed or the colors or start to notice when it comes up out of the ground when it retreats, what are the cycles that that plant goes through? And once you start to have a relationship with one plant, chances are you might start to notice others. You might not, but it's very, this is again, very intuitive. So as I spend time with, I'll go back to dandelion. I spend time with a dandelion in my backyard and I start to understand when it arrives in the spring, when the flower heads start to form, I can look at how they will watch the sun throughout the day and track the sky. I, I, there's all of these insights that are really important to understanding not just that plant, but also yourself and then the natural environment in which you live, no matter where it is. So I'm often in New York City. It doesn't feel like a natural environment, but yet there are all of these plants vying for attention, wanting to be noticed, and even spending time in appreciation with one plant shifts something. It shifts something energetically in your heart, at least in my experience, and in the environment, because the plant wants to be paid attention to. Don't we all like want a little bit of attention? So it's really that that enough is enough. You're already experiencing the plant on so many levels. And from there, you can start to get into more um, things if you want to, you don't have to, but I talk about it in my book. You could start to merge with the plant, start to share in consciousness. As we talked about before, start to have like a conversation, see if maybe there's something that wants to happen or they might tell you something that needs to be created or there's just, it's endless. It's like an endless scope of tapping into this energy of co-creation. Yeah, I love it. Cause it's kind of like, it feels like um, just building a relationship with another person or building a relationship. Yeah, just like with another person. It's like you say hi, then you maybe start to like have some like casual conversation. And then as you get closer to that person, that's when you start to have really deep conversations and you start to consider yourself to be in friendship or in relationship with that person. And plants would be the same way. They're, the, they're living beings on this plane. Um, they might have more access to the higher plane than we do, but they're living beings on this plane and we're just sort of here together. Um, so I like that. Um, and it kind of, another thing I was wondering, um, cause for me, I, the book I was drawn to for you was the Oak Tree. And I thought it was interesting how, um, 
you were talking about how you felt very drawn to the oak tree for a lot of your life. And um, you kind of connected that back to your closest indigenous roots being Celtic. Um, I thought that was interesting because I know very little about my um, indigenous ancestry, but I, I have felt a connection to that too. Like I possibly have ancestry with that. My tarot deck is a Celtic tarot deck. So I was like, wow, it's so weird that like I felt connected. So I thought that was interesting. And I was wondering if, um, if that's something that you see often is that plant spirits guiding people back to indigenous roots because everyone has indigenous roots, whether or not you're aware of it or not. Um, if you trace your lineage back far enough, you're going to find somebody who was in relationship with the earth. Um, some people have to go back hundreds of years for that. Some people only have to go back a few generations. It just depends. Um, is that something that you see often um, with plant spirits and ancestry? That's so beautiful. I'm getting waves of chills of resonance as you're speaking. Oh, yeah. um, yes, absolutely. That makes so much sense to me. And I believe it's true. I So to me, and other teachers have said this to me, um, like plants are our ancestors. They've been here on earth a lot longer than we have. And that's why they're so highly intelligent and know where to grow. They know where they're needed. They know what to do. So it makes good sense to me that yes, the plants that I start to become drawn to, or you start to become drawn to, or anyone does, especially if they repeat over time, like, oh, I'm going to notice this oak tree. And then I'm going to forget about it. And then oh, I'm going to notice this oak tree. And then I'm going to forget about it. And then like over time, I start to be like, oh, I'm going to pay attention to this oak tree and start to have this relationship and get into even maybe researching it or like learning more about the oak. And it makes a lot of sense that I was called to that particular tree or you were because of my roots. And that can go for any plant on any land. Um, absolutely. And I think many of us have multiple cultural indigenous roots. And so sometimes you might even see a plant growing around you that isn't supposed to be. Like it's not meant to technically be in your climate or it came home with you somehow in a pot that you didn't mean to buy. And that plant that appears likely will be some being that is connected to you and or a hint from your ancestry. For sure. I've that seen is it. So magical. That's so magical. It's like you're it's like you're being called home. Like that's mm. so beautiful. I love that. And um, this is going to be a very, I mean, this question, like the answer could vary based on the person. So this might be a hard one to answer. Um, but um, how do you know which plant is calling you? Like, how can somebody open themselves up to those messages and then like find and then see them or hear them or, or recognize them? Yeah, you're right. It is different for everybody. And it, it it's some of that tapping into intuition and creativity. And if you're someone who's like, oh my God, intuition, I, I'm not intuitive. I don't have an intuitive bone in my body. You do. It is definitely there. It's likely been conditioned out of you. And so part of it is learning how to trust yourself and your instincts, which could be very scary, very hard, very shut down. Through repetition, just trusting that you've got it right. So I might, uh, what's another plant we can think about? Violet. Violet came to mind. I might start to think of violet and I'll see this purple color. And if I'm someone who isn't paying attention to that, I might be like, oh, that came up for no reason and just put it aside. If that plant wants me to pay attention, for me at least, she's going to start to come more frequently. She's going to appear just like almost an image or a dream, or I'm going to see purple everywhere all of a sudden, or in my sleeping dreams, there could be violets. I'm going to start to notice in the spring, oh, what's that purple flower? And the difference between having these calls, we all have these calls, it's the difference between noticing them and 
turning away from them, I think. Uh, they might not, it might not be a plant. It might be just a thought that repeats over and over and over that we end up putting value or weight in or discounting or distrusting. And so it's, I think, learning how to venture into not having to necessarily be like right, but trying anyway and seeing like, oh, for some reason, this plant keeps coming into my mind or I keep hearing a song about it that I never listened to this station or this and like now all of a sudden all I hear about is hawthorn or some plant that doesn't even grow near me what can I what can I do about it and then taking your curious mind your beginner's mind some sort of step into like what's happening here mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah. sort of a long winding answer <laughs> yeah it sounds like it's it's kind of like trusting yourself and then also the no, the messages are going to come back around. Like if you, if you yeah. miss a message, if so, if a plant reaches out to you, you miss it, or even if you ignore it willingly, the universe isn't going to be like, okay, well, you missed your chance. Um, sorry, you're not going to get, it. no, like they're going to come back around until you're ready. Um, right. until you, in, until you accept and you're like, okay, like it's time. Um, and yeah, there's no, like, you don't have to yeah, there's no like judgment there. Um, Actually, and you then just, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was <laughs> just going to say the last thing that I kind of um, wanted to pull out was the curiosity part too, is mm -hmm. like being connected to curiosity is another really big part of um, intuition and connecting to your intuition. Absolutely. And following it through, even if there's maybe no, it doesn't feel like there's a reason, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. what's at the end of this string? I don't know. Do I want to find out? Maybe, maybe not. What happens if I find out? And then where does it lead me next? And where does it lead me next? Right. What you just mentioned made me think I just finished writing um, a book with apple, apple trees. And you're right. It's like this message will come through when you're ready, when it's time to be received. And I, I wrote about and think about like that iconic story of the apple falling on Newton's head and like, perhaps that was a co-creation with Apple to say like, now they're ready. They're ready to understand gravity, let's go. And so uh, millions of people could have, you know, been called to that at some point, but it was that moment that we've decided in history was the transition point. And it was a co-creation with an apple falling on a head. Wow. Right. So like, don't worry, the apple's going to fall on your head. You'll find it. You'll get it when you're meant to understand it. And in the meantime, be open. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I, I'm obsessed with like the history of science too. And Newton, Newton absolutely insisted that that was, that that happened and that that was like this defining moment in his life and career. Um, I love that. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm that now I'm like super curious about like what learning more about what Apple medicine is and how that could have connected to Newton's understanding of gravity. Um, that might take the conversation in a whole nother direction, but um, <laughs> that's so interesting. Um, it kind of like segues me into um, the next like point is like, I've found tree medicine to be like so interesting. Um, but like you're, um, you're pretty much the only exposure I've had to tree medicine. And I found that really interesting what you had to say. Um, and you're talking about how trees are like these evolved beings and they've got their own consciousness and like almost describing them as like guardians and like gateways into like these other realms, which also it's like, that's interesting that a tree kind of like got Newton's attention. Um, but is that something that's like, really unique to trees or is that something you would say about all plants that they're like these highly evolved beings and they've got like these um basically keys that can help you unlock higher truth Ooh, i like that way of putting it yes that <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i don't i don't know the answer i mm -hmm. i feel like they're all very highly evolved all of these plants beings and they all have different expressions and ways to help guide you into their world which is not separate from our world so you're right I like the word keys 
trees, I think, are often paid attention to more because they're bigger. And so we see them. And it doesn't mean that the little strawberry plant or the little violet isn't also doing an amazing amount of work and or play or however you want to see. It's, it's that they're all part of connection. And so one isn't stronger than the other or they're just, everyone has their own expression. And so it's been actually really fun to write these books with each plant because I'm co-creating and writing with the energy of that plant and that expression. And it's so different to be writing with, you know, mugwort or violet or hawthorn and then oak or apple. And the amount of information that comes through is different. And I think that does have to have to do with their size and, and how much land they cover and how much story they have to share in this moment in time that I'm able to catch mm -hmm. to try to make it yeah. a bit more concrete. That's like my experience of these energies coming into something tangible. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was trees have always kind of drawn me in. Um, because they're so big and also because of how old they are too. Cause I, I'm a cancer moon um, and you're a cancer rising. I'm a cancer moon. So like, I love history, anything that's like super old. I'm like, just really fascinated by that stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm sure that even myself, I can be guilty of like underestimating like a little flower that only lasts like a season. Um, but there is immense power in that. Um, and it's funny how it, it, my brain went back to Newton. It's like, because like, you know, gravity acts the same on every object, no matter. <laughs> it's weird that Newton is like a big part of this interview, but. Yeah, um, I wasn't expecting that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, but like maybe spirit acts the same on everything, <laughs> to, you know, irregardless of the size. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it made me think of, I wrote with Trillium and Redwood. That's what, they both came to mind as you were sharing that insight. Because Trillium is this beautiful flower that takes seven years to grow and flower. Seven years of this whole journey. Two of those years are underground. And like, it's, it's amazing to me. And then you position that long journey for that being with a redwood tree that has been here forever <laughs> and it's like it's just interesting I think their access to spirit or to information to share is just as prolific but giving different information mm -hmm. that's so funny trillium that's that really sparked my interest because um the seven years is one fourth of a Saturn cycle. Um, mm. So I'm kind of curious because Saturn is the planet of mastery and it's the planet of things that are like long processes, things that take a really long time to mature. And um, now I'm interested in Trillium and its connection to Saturn. I feel like that might be the next book that I, if you have a book on Trillium or that's the next plan I'll look I into. I do. I do have a book awesome. on Trillium. Awesome. And we'll link um, in the show notes where you can go to get Heather's books because she's got like a, a little book, a little like short, easy read on many, many different plants. Um, and they are so beautifully done. Um, and I'll kind of like to reference something else that I picked up from the oak tree book is um, when you were talking about how sometimes the oak tree can like give you a specific task to do. And me, I'm very task oriented. I'm a Capricorn rising with lots of Capricorn plant. And I have a lot of earth in my chart. And it's funny because I've also, when people have a lot of earth in their chart, I often connect that to like, oh, this person might be very task oriented, very practical, um, sometimes depending on like a lot of other things. Um, and plants are connected to the earth too. So I'm kind of wondering what your take would be on like, is, is plant medicine often very practical, like when you work with plant spirits, do you often get like, okay, like let's do this. Um, is that kind of the energy for all of them or just some of them? I think for me, it's been, it's been a lot of my 
training and also my way of making use of the information that's given. So I studied for three years in sacred plant medicine with a woman named medicine woman priestess named Carol Guyette in Ireland. And Carol and many other teachers, they're all about helping you to go into the dream or consciousness of the plant or tree and bring something back for it to, to implement in this physical plane. So to go, to travel between worlds. So going into this unseen world, or you might, you might see things you might not, but that's a way that we kind of put it, the invisible world, the dream world, the consciousness, spirit, energy, whatever, and receiving intelligence or insight. And it could be anything and then doing something with it. So if it's healing in nature, it might be insight for yourself and your own psyche. And it might not be like action oriented, but it might be something that is helpful in some way. And you want to incorporate it then into your life or body or way of being. It can be receiving information to create something and then actually following through and creating that thing. So it, it comes to be this merging of what to do with this information and have it be of some purpose or use. And I think it's different than, I, I don't want to like stereotype or categorize in any way. However, what you do sometimes see is people who really, really enjoy just being on that trip, being out in that dream world, fine. And especially if that suits you and it's for your highest good, often it's not, often it's in balance or out of balance. So this is a way of saying like, great, go on those journeys, now come back and embody it, bring it into the physical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's always been a really important part of spirituality for me because yeah, you can like have all these revelations, you can meditate and you can feel really good about it. And even like me working with the planets, studying all these archetypes, I have always wanted to bring it back to like, okay, so how can you take this information and actually improve your life, improve your, the life for your community. Um, when I do astrology readings, I always try to give people practices and rituals. Cause I'm like, I can't, if I just tell you about your chart, then you're going to be like, Oh, cool. And even like the shadow to that is like, you can use it as an excuse to like continue things that are not serving you. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm a Sagittarius. Like, no, this, that's not why I do right. astrology. Um, so that's what I really loved about, um, the what I was reading in the oak tree book was like oh like I could like I could get an assignment from the oak tree <laughs> you can totally get an assignment yes and and if you think about it like the oak tree can't move so it's relying on humans to do things like pick up the trash around its trunk or whatever like or write a book about it it's relying on us to execute these ideas that maybe it it or she he can't um at least that's what I like to think about that's where you sort of go into this it could be imagination it could be other intelligence intuition co-creation whatever words you want to use it's still receiving some kind of information and doing something with it in some way yeah. And that's the very practical earth side of it. And then in astrology, the earth signs and the water signs are always opposite each other. So to get into the more like watery side of things, this is another broad question that might have lots of answers. Um, can you describe how someone might approach dreaming with a plant? Mm -hmm. I can. Lots of ways. <laughs> Wait, so one way is to do what we've already talked about, where you sit with the plant and then you start of go into a meditative state and imagine you become the tree or the plant. So what, what's it like to be on the inside and you merge 
And that's one way of going into the dream of the plant and seeing like, what does this feel like to be inside this other being? Other ways uh, you can journey with the plant. And that's often done with a shamanic drum guidance. So drumming at a certain beat to help get the brain into uh, that hypnagogic state where you're in between being awake and asleep. And in that state, it's you're entering the dream. So you are altering your state of consciousness, again, without any help other than the drum. And in that in-between state, you can set an intention. And you might set an intention to go and meet a plant ally or your plant guide for your heart or however specific you want to make it. The more specific, the better. And the drum takes you on an active dream and you go off. And you might receive visions, you might not, you might, your body might move, you might have sensations come through. There's a whole host of things that can occur. It's all information. It's all coming through your senses in some way and will help reveal something. It could be a message. It could be a healing experience. It could be just opening to more more kinds of ways of perceiving the world. To me, that's entering the dream in lots of ways. And I actually offer in the books right at the end, there's a guided journey. So if you're someone who you really connect with, say, because of your ancestry, this plant, but you've moved to a completely different part of the world from where your lineage is from, what then? Like, how do I then connect with the plant? So these spirits and the consciousness is everywhere and trying to make it accessible. I offer a way that you can journey like a bedtime story. Like you're about to go to sleep, you're going into your dream time and you might read this before then and then wake up and see what happened in your dreams. Or you might read it in that sort of in-between meditative state and with a softness. And in those guided journeys or dreams you're specifically going on a quest you're going to find some information and then you're going to be guided back so it's following that classic like arc which is similar to a shamanic journey where you often you have an intention you usually go through an oak tree into a dream realm and then go on this experience and then you always come back and you come back fully and come back into your body. So those are a few ways that at least I've experienced dreaming with the plants and just being open to their intelligence and their spirit and whatever, wherever they might show up. You might be walking down the street and then you might think of some plant or you might feel pulled physically over there. To me, that's the dream too, because it's like this invisible, yet tangible thing that's happening and it's happening all the time we're dreaming all the time even when we're awake oh yeah absolutely like when you when you get really into studying archetypes and even like um different things like spirituality like different plants like you realize that um we basically all of life is a dream Mm -hmm. (laughs) and oh my gosh that's a quote from um, something, but life is Shakespeare. Just, Shakespeare, I think. Oh, it, yeah, should that make sense? <laughs> I have, I love Shakespeare. Um, yeah, life is just this huge dream that we're all kind of like co-creating together. And like, there are times when you're more connected to that awareness. There's times when you're in that more altered state of consciousness. If you're asleep, or if you know, there's something that you've done to alter your alter consciousness. And there's times when you're um, living very squarely and like the reality but you're always in the dream and that's a super out there concept but (laughs) I feel like there's just so much truth to that too that like yeah (laughs) yeah it's totally true and then it just becomes how do you access it Mm -hmm. and there's lots of entryways in and these are some of them yoga nidra is another one meditation dance there's riding your bike could be true for some people it's usually something that just gets you into that rhythm of another brainwave Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it could be like, it could be so simple. Like I was even thinking of like, I've been knitting a lot um, and I have so many epiphanies when I'm knitting because I'm just sitting there and doing this like repetitive motion. And then like, while that's happening, that alters my consciousness. Like there, you know, when when we say the word altered consciousness, I feel like the brain can go like, oh, like, (laughs) but it's, it could be something as simple as like, doing your dishes or like anything like you anything can alter your consciousness um totally yes and those are the only ways I have ever altered my consciousness so mm-hmm. I they, they work they totally work <laughs> yeah yeah that's beautiful um and a kind of a final question that I have for you is do you personally have like a favorite plant just out of curiosity oh that's such a hard question <laughs> can imagine <laughs> favorite plant um I love them all so much I think one <laughs> that I connect with and have for a long time uh is spruce spruce trees and uh, my fort growing up which was it wasn't a fort at all it was a like circle of spruce trees that I said was my fort I like grew up very strongly connected with spruce and for me they are a veil between worlds and open up access to what I call the elemental world and all of these other magical places and beings so for me that's they're sort of this like physical curtain on the planet that you can lift the bow of the tree or bow of the tree and step into another place. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And I, and it, again, like you went back to your childhood, like at your favorite point is the one that's been there since the beginning. Um, and that's a really beautiful insight. And I feel like maybe that's something for listeners to reflect on too. If you're thinking, Oh, which plant should I start with? Um, like think about a childhood memory you have and, if there's a plant involved in that. Um, So that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on this show. This has been such a beautiful conversation. Um, And I'm really looking forward to like continuing to explore your work. Um, And so for those who are listening and would like to um, maybe get one of your books or see what else you have, um, tell us where listeners can find the stuff that you've written um, and then where they can go to continue to follow your work. Sure. Thank you. I've launched Majestic Wisdom Publishing and you can find all of the books there. So it's majesticwisdompublishing.com. And I also have another website that has some of my yoga work, which we didn't, we didn't talk much about. So people might be like, what? Um, But (laughs) It's there too. It's called journeythroughyoga.com. And I kind of move between the two places, but the plant and tree work is really starting to emerge under the majestic wisdom umbrella. Beautiful. Well, we'll we'll have both of those um, websites linked in the show notes. Some people might be interested in the yoga and you do yoga nidra, correct? I do. Yes. So entering that dream state makes sense yeah so there's dream work through yoga and then there's dream work through plants that can be learned from you love it sorry something popped up on my computer um and I'll also (laughs) I'll also have your um social media um plugged in the show notes so that people can go follow you there and just continue to connect with the beautiful work that you're putting out in the world and yeah thanks again so much for being on the show and I hope to connect again soon. Thank you so much. An absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed this conversation. That was such a beautiful interview. Thank you again, Heather, for sharing your time and your knowledge with us. I really encourage you to check out Heather's work linked below. I've really enjoyed her book on the oak tree. And these books are so short and they're so easy to read. And they're also quite inexpensive. So I actually have like a whole list of books that I'm ready to order from her next. And yeah, I'm excited for you to 
begin this journey if it's in alignment with you um, connecting with plant spirits and connecting with the environment around you. So as always, thank you so much for listening to this show. Your presence is so deeply appreciated by me and thank you for being on this journey with me. Until next time. Another day in my ride Trying to sugarcoat and reconcile So I can do a dance and make us both again Only to start it up and play it out again It's like a